Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch with Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. My name is Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, what a week it's been. Here we are again for another week of In the Oil Patch. What's been going on? Well, you know, Alvin, being a statewide publication, we are always consistently being asked to cover events and uh, do expos or attend expos. And so we've been extremely busy. On top of our normal jobs of producing a brand new issue of Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine and, um, you know, keeping up with the radio show, we've also been creating an advocacy group called Texas Energy Advocacy Coalition, better known as TEEK. So we've been extremely busy covering the whole entire state and the whole topic of energy and business. And you, you typically are, are, you know, running around in the shale oil and gas Lexus, but lately it's been the boat, the shale mag boat. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, we do take some time to go out on the water and enjoy the uh, Texas coastline. And so it's been a great um, couple of days off that we've uh, had. I've experienced. Hey, Kim, we're going to do something a little different this week in, in this segment of the show. I want to call it, you know, for lack of a better term, let's call it the round robin. What I'm going to do is we've got five or six different topics that I want to hit on real quick. And it, it's like, it, it's going to be fun, trust me, because it's going to be kind of like I'm okay. interviewing you. I'm, I'm picking Kim's brain in the round robin this week on In the Oil Patch. So are we ready, Kim? I'm ready. Round robin starts now. Subject one, let's talk about Teak. TEEK is the Texas Energy Advocacy Coalition, and it was actually created um, as a brainstorming uh, occurred between a group of individuals that felt that they wanted to have, um, you know, a better understanding of energy, energy topics, especially uh, when it came down to the legislative time that happens here in Texas only every two years. It's an extremely important time. Energy is always affected uh, by pieces of legislation that are passed uh, at the Capitol, the state of Texas Capitol. And so we wanted to get involved and be able to have a better um, awareness of the, the bills that were passing, as well as, you know, there's a whole bunch of us that are in business. And rather, you're in the oil and gas business or you're in a business that wants to uh, have a greater economic development with oil and gas. There's a lot of us, and the opportunity to be able to network and support one another's businesses was so important. So we just decided to create a group that would be like-minded individuals that support energy and throw their support to energy and energy topics, but also build each other's businesses and the awareness for each other's businesses and continue to help grow everyone to being more profitable. And so this group, Teak, will be meeting. Um, we actually had our first meeting here in San Antonio. It was actually at the Sheridan Gunther downtown. What an amazing evening we had. It was a beautiful night, a beautiful event. We had um, our state senator, Senator Aristi there, who has uh, the largest area of oil and gas that's you know, spans from the Permian Basin area, some of it all the way into the Eagle Ford. We also had um, the Texas Railroad Commissioner, David Porter's staff there, Mary Bell, who helped uh, talk about how important 
uh, regulatory framework matters. And then we also, of course, had Omar Garcia, the president of STEER, which is South Texas Economic Energy Roundtable. And so we talked about how important it is to uh, us to understand and have a greater awareness of oil and gas. And then uh, on Wednesday, we also had our grand opening launch in the beautiful city of Corpus Christi, Texas. You know, San Antonio was great. It was a great turnout. Corpus blew the doors off the place. Well, it gives you an idea of how important energy uh, topics are. There are many cities that um, they are not specifically directly impacted by oil and gas. Corpus Christi is, San Antonio not so much. And so when, as we have these discussions and we start talking, we start trying to help businesses build their businesses in the oil and gas sector, the natural questions come up of how does energy affect us? And so the differences that we saw were that Corpus Christi, because they directly are impacted by a lot of oil and gas, there was a huge, huge, huge turnout. The mayor was there of Corpus Christi. The mayor from Alice was there. And what are the differences? Both of these towns have been directly affected by oil and gas, period. And and it's been a, a tough time for some of these cities to navigate through this tough downward turn. But we also had... Ian Vasey, the executive director for the uh, Economic Development Foundation out there. We had uh, some representation from the Port of Corpus Christi. And Omar Garcia, of course, who completely supports Teak's mission. So, you know, what we what we experienced was a great deal of individuals wanting to come in and demonstrating that they want to grow their business. They want to get better engaged in oil and gas. And they want to learn about the topic and become advocates for this, you know, very uh, diverse and somewhat catered industry, energy. How do you join Teak? All you have to do is go to shellmag.com, and there is a landing page that says Teak, and they can certainly go online and join. They can email us and inquire as well if they'd like to more information on Teak. You know, there's speaking opportunities as well, and so uh, it's just a great group, great group of folks. We do plan on growing this to be the largest advocacy group in Texas, and so uh, this next session, beginning in January, I look forward to getting our groups together and going out there and and working closely with the real trade associations of energy and helping figure out what they need to go talk to our elected officials. And the launch party for Houston is coming up in the future, so keep your ear to the ground for that because there will be more information about the Teak launch party in Houston coming up. Now, not unrelated to Teak, Kim, is the Shell mobile app. Go. Well, well, you know, the mobile apps are where it's at. (laughs) I made a rhyme. And, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do was create a directory for our Teak members. It has the opportunity for them to put their business business card in there for uh, all the oil and gas producers to look at and hopefully utilize. So if you're a business, we want to hear about you. We want to grow the Shell mobile app. Um, And so it's a great directory of services in and outside of the oil and gas. Plus, it has a blog on it as well. You can find that at Marketplace or at the App Store, the Shale mobile app. Cover party's coming up, Kim. How exciting. We are returning back to San Antonio for a cover party. You know, Alvin, in the past year, we have had every cover party in Houston. To interview Howard Energy and its expansion in the, with their pipeline division into Mexico is pretty exciting. And their corporate office happens to be located in San Antonio, Texas. So we're looking forward to having our cover party. Brandon's done a pretty good job there. You know, he if you read his story, and I don't want to give it away, I hope that everybody will go online and, and read it because it's free. But 
it is a great story of a of a gentleman who has worked the majority of his time in in Mexico and really understands how to get things done um, over there. And now the benefit will be not only for the producers in the Eagle Forge Shell to take advantage of this wonderful pipeline, but also the citizens of Mexico in uh, Monterey, Mexico. New issues up now. That's right. It's on our website, shellmag.com. S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Now, Kim, I know you want to talk about our partners. We have some great partners with not only the magazine and the radio show, but a lot of different facets of some of the other stuff that we're going to get into in a minute. But talk about our partners. You know, Alvin, we, quite frankly, could not have the great exposure that we have without these partners. You know, running a publication and a radio show and advocacy groups, uh, they're not uh, free. And so our partners mean everything to us. They are partners who support energy and they support the further development that we need to continue to do more work to talk to the community. And so our partners like STEER, uh, South Texas Economic Energy Roundtable, and West Texas Energy Consortium in the Permian Basin, and even the Calic Auto Group, who is a business uh, partner of ours, showing that there is great economic development that can come from the oil and gas sector by getting involved and getting engaged in the industry. And finally, number six on the roundtable, Kim, let's talk about Let's talk about the radio show and the magazine and some of the different facets of different things that go on with the, you know, with the giant staff you've got over in the next room punching away at their keyboards. Let's talk about all of that and how it all ties together to this microphone. You know, Alvin, we're in 2017, we'll be five years old, and it seems like it was just yesterday that we began. And to look and see how diverse each platform that we have from the magazine to the radio show to now Teaks and continuing to uh, be out in the community attending OTC or NAEP or the Doug conferences. Everything to us is important that we continue to build the presence of who our partners and our advertisers are. I do understand that a lot of businesses they really are not thinking that this is the exact right moment to have, you know, maybe 15% of their budget go to uh, putting radio, putting commercials on a radio show or in a uh, trade publication, if you will, or a business magazine. But I really want to say something to the business owner who's not taking advantage of social media. You know, Alvin, there are millions of dollars that are coming from social media platforms, and it's relatively the least expensive way to advertise. And it's something that's really overlooked. Like, for instance, how many, how many times do you think a business owner will go and look at his own website and look and see, is the information current? Is the information stagnant? Is the information updating and trending with my social media platforms? And, you know, if it's not, you're missing a great opportunity to get the word out on the great business you have. And in social media, it travels everywhere. Uh, you know, it's internet, it, it, it's, it's the world wide web. And so if you're not on that, you're really missing a great opportunity to be seen. And if you're not being seen, you're not getting a piece of the pie. You know, a, a great example of that is the, the Chewbacca lady. You know, she just videotaped herself wearing this mask and just her laugh made the whole thing go viral and Social media, that's that's where it's at. Your website is probably not going to go viral, but you know what? Your social media could. 
Exactly. And I think if they're not intertwining together, then you have some people visiting your Facebook page or your social media platform, but they're not visiting your products that are on your website. And so in, in just winding down, I would honestly encourage every single listener, if you're a business owner and you do not have a Facebook page, you do not have a LinkedIn page, you're not tweeting and you have not looked at your website in maybe a couple of years and you're not updating it regularly, you know what? You're really missing a great opportunity to do some marketing at a for your company to grow it at the least amount of money. And this is where we like to excel. So what I think Kim's trying to say is go to shalemag.com and check out the website. And and if your business you think might be missing the boat on social media, Shale Mag is a marketing company, and, and they can show you how to do effective social media campaigns. So go to shalemag.com, check that out, Kim. And now we're going to switch gears just a little bit and bring in our correspondent from the Permian Basin area, the Executive Director of West Texas Energy Consortium, Catherine Stokes. Catherine, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thanks, Kim. How are y'all doing today? Enjoying the beautiful weather. You know, we've had so much rain, and uh, it looks like it's just been beautiful for the past couple of days, so we've really been enjoying the weather. Uh, It's gotten a little bit cooler and uh, just busy, busy, busy. How are y'all doing out there in Permian Basin? We're doing great. We're doing great. The wind died down on us to enjoy Mother's Day, enjoy being outside, um, you know, hanging out and looking at all the wildflowers, and now we're just back at it. The wind's picked up a little bit. I don't know about down in y'all's area, but um, we're expecting good weather, and it's been nice and warm these last couple of days. Perfect. Well, it sounds like we're enjoying the same thing. Well, let's get started. Tell us a little bit about, you know, we, we really love having you on the show because you talk to us about all the things that are happening in the Permian uh, Basin area. You know, Texas being such a large state, it's really hard to uh, get a handle on all the great things that are happening. But, you know, we do have our show that airs in Houston, San Antonio, Midland area, Dallas, Fort Worth. And so we want to make sure that um, everybody that's in your area uh, understands what you guys are working on. So you guys have uh, an event coming up in June. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Right. The Permian Road Safety Coalition, which is basically a group that uh, was started and is being led by you know, quite, quite a few of our um, operators in our lo- larger uh, EMP companies, you know, Contra Resources, Pinor Natural Resources, Berger, um, Occidental, Anadarko, Conoco, Shell, Chevron, uh, you know, all those guys. And I'm sure I'm leaving, there's so many um, that are taking part in this, and they're doing their June forum. And uh, each forum that they've, that they've chosen to do, they try to focus on one aspect of transportation and driving. Um, for our, you know, our operators, our service and energy companies, and our transportation group. This uh, this forum that's going to take place Thursday, June 9th at the Midland Horseshoe Arena there from 9 to 1130, they're actually going to focus, their agenda is going to focus on um, driver fatigue. And they'll actually have an expert there who works with oil and gas safety and health, and she's part of a program at the CDC um, and takes part in the National Institute for Occupational Safety Health. She's going to provide a lot of information, a lot of that presentation on fatigue and industry-specific information. And the forum had also had been working on since the spring a uh, motor vehicle safety survey that we had sent out to well over 300 participants, and participants meaning companies. And so they could have, if, if 
if it's a company of 20 people, they could have all 20 people within that company take that survey. And we're going to have um, our specialist from Apache Corporation that's going to follow up and share the insight and some of that information from the survey. And we hope to have that posted for our viewers and for anybody interested on the website after the forum. And one of the things that they found out during the forum and feedback that they had received are there are quite a few small, you know, mom-and-pop transporters, uh, companies that might have, you know, the owner who also drives a rig and might have an office person or two to take care of things, but they're not large businesses that have entire um, health and safety uh, departments or HR and recruiting departments and um, individuals that take care of their safety programs. So a lot of the feedback that we were getting from those groups was we would like to be able to have some um, safety presentations or presentations from the forum that we could take back and use as, as company owners for our small businesses so that they're still in compliance with, you know, state and federal transportation laws and, and driver laws. So uh, we're going to be able to hand out some flash drives that will have the forum presentation on it and different safety meeting presentations that those companies will be able to go back and do with their drivers and with their contractors. Uh, so we're, we're reaching out to, you know, anybody and everybody in uh, the Permian Basin region, particularly those that are oil and gas operators, service and energy companies, or transporters uh, of any kind. And if they will go ahead and register and they can go find their registration page on the consortium's website, it's WTXEC.org, or they can email us at info at permianroadsafety.org. We would love to have those folks there. You know, out in that area, it's it's rural. There are a lot of uh, vehicles, especially trucks, out on the road. And I just cannot uh, stress how important road safety is. And so I think, um, you know, this is an important topic, definitely an important topic. And um, I think that the more education you're bringing, uh, the better off we'll all be. The other area of interest that I wanted to talk about is an event that you guys have coming up in August, uh, your summit. Let's talk a little bit about that. We actually have the um, E3 Summit, which is our uh, Powering the Economy. We will be hosting that at, in Abilene at their Civic Center August 10th through 11th. And the first day, which is the 10th, is going to be focused on our K-12 educators. We're going to provide them with um, demonstrations, professional development sessions, and um, get them in touch with a lot of employers in the region. Our second day is going to um, focus on our business and industry individuals, our economic development leaders, workforce, and uh, a lot of our post-secondary administrators. Um, we have some really great keynote speakers. The first day we'll have Jason Latimer, who's done quite a few TED Talks. And if you just put Jason Latimer, if you go to YouTube and type in Jason Latimer, you can pull up a lot of videos that he's done. And he's been very inspirational to a lot of different science programs. And the second day, we've been lucky enough to secure uh, Marshall Goldsmith, and he's written quite a few books on leadership and, you know, empowering young leaders and looking at, um, especially for those small business owners or entrepreneurs that are have a great idea, they have a great passion for for what they want to create or the service that they want to provide, um, you know, teaching them some great leadership skills. And we've been lucky enough to secure him. And he's offered up to the first 200 registrants his latest book that he's published. And, again, registration and information about that. Uh, those two days' events are it can be found at WTXEC.org. 
on our website under our calendar of events, and that's open to anyone and everyone that has anything to do with education, business, industry, economic development, um, city leaders, so on and so forth. Sounds interesting. And lastly, you know, you guys, you all do so many amazing things out there in the community for, uh, in the way of scholarships. And you guys are getting ready to dole out some more money um, for this year as well. So tell me a little bit about y'all scholarship program and how does it work and how do uh, individuals get involved um, if they know somebody that might um, be a great candidate for looking at scholarship. Right, Kim. Um, uh, the consortium and our local workforce board partners, whether that's in the Permian Basin, Concho Valley, or West Central Texas area, we, we're really excited to be able to offer again this year just a variety of scholarship opportunities to both high school students wanting to take two dual credit courses and college students that are looking for um, some help with scholarship money. Um, for our high school students that are currently enrolled in, in dual credit courses, we have a whole list of, of programs of study that we would um, be able to cover as, as part of that scholarship offering. Um, we're, we're kind of, we're focusing on those business management, anything that has to do with automotive technology, computer system networking, digital media, um, diesel technology. Uh, we have a lot of healthcare. We're looking at like our EMT and paramedics, our RN nursing any kind of engineering, any of our trades folks or occupational safety, office management, um, web design, a lot of those, uh, anything in the energy industry, whether it's wind, solar, or um, oil and gas, we like to be able to offer those up. For our dual credit students, the, the eligibility guidelines are real easy. They just have to be at least 14 years old, a U.S. citizen or a non-citizen authorized to work in the U.S., any of our, our high school students that are age 18 or older that are male, you know, have to be registered for selective services. And um, for our post-secondary training and our, our college students looking for some help with scholarships, um, we, we try to give priority to those students who are in their final semesters of study that just need that um, little, little extra help. Because what we were finding is right when the downturn was happening, we had a lot of students that were going to school that they were paying for things and everything was going great, but here either mom or dad was laid off or if they were an adult going to college, um, hours have been cut back or they've been laid off. And they're real close to like a semester or two semesters um, shy of being finished, and so we want to give priority to those students that are real close, but we'll, cons we'll consider all comers. And those funds can be used for cost of tuition, fees, books, any learning materials that are associated with those courses, or equipment that's required um, for participation in those courses. And eligibility uh, determination and supporting documentation is required. I know, you know, quite a few scholarships, especially for college courses, you know, they have you write an essay, and then you have to do a big, long ad admissions. We've tried to make our um, uh, application as simple as possible with it as, as few hurdles to have to jump across as possible. So any of our high school students interested in dual credit scholarship funding or any of our college students that participate in Odessa College, Midland College, Western Texas College, Howard College, TSTC, Cisco, or Ranger, if they'll visit our website at wtxec.org forward slash scholarships, it'll take them to our scholarship page and there's a you know simple apply now button. And it's, it's electronic and it's online, and we have about $200,000 to be able to give away towards scholarships this year. 
Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. So you're all, you all have about $200,000 in scholarship funds to give out, and you also have streamlined the process to where it's not terribly daunting for a student uh, to go on there and fill out the information so that you've made it easy as well as giving out a whole lot of money. What an amazing thing you guys are doing. Um, and I'm sure, you know, with, with college fund, uh, college tuition and, and books, and it's so expensive, um, this really could help somebody. Um, so thank you so very much for um, all that you're doing out there. And we look forward to getting you back on the radio show to talk a little bit more about what's happening in your area here in the next upcoming weeks. So, Catherine, thank you for joining us today, and thank you for the update, and hopefully your weather will stay wonderful out there in the, in the Permian Basin area. Thank you, Kim. Y'all have a good week. Thank you. And with that, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch with Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine. We'll be right back. Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kalig, K-A-H-L-I-G, auto, A-U-T-O, dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, very special guest with us today, David Blackman. And, uh, you know, this guy knows anything and everything that anybody will ever want to know about the oil and gas industry, not only in Texas, but on a, on a global scale. I couldn't agree with you more, Alvin. You know, um, our guest, David Blackman, has been a longtime writer for Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine. And through the years, what we have been able to see is how he can truly take some of the most difficult topics, which is energy. It's a very technical type of industry, and he can break it down to where really anyone can understand how uh, the energy markets and how the energy uh, industry as a whole runs and works. So we're very fortunate to have him uh, a regular guest on our radio show as well to help us to understand 
the topics of oil and gas. You can, we used to do the segment, Ask the Expert. Well, let's spend the next hour listening to the expert. Why don't you welcome David on the show? Thank you. David Blackman, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Well, thanks for having me. I hope I can live up to that introduction. <laughs> yep, of course you can. Why don't we take a, just a moment for you to introduce yourself to us. Of what is your background and how long have you been in the energy industry to make you the energy expert that you are? Well, I've been in, uh, in the oil and gas industry in one capacity or another for uh, 37 years now. It's kind of hard to believe. Uh, but I've not began working uh, with uh, Coastal States Oil and Gas Company in Houston in 1979 and uh, have been in the industry ever since. Uh, My career actually began as an accountant, um, but then I migrated after about 10 years into regulatory work and and that in turn transitioned into public policy and communications work uh, for various companies over the last 20 years. You really are an expert in multiple topics when we talk about energy. And so I want to get started of bringing you in and just uh, kind of getting a couple of questions that have been floating around as of lately in the regular media talking about, you know, right now we've had a downward turn for quite some time in the oil and gas sector. And um, it's been a, a really tough time for a lot of uh, oil and gas producing companies. Um, as of right now, the statistics, I believe, are about 100 uh, oil and gas or uh, exploration companies have filed Chapter 11, which is a reorganization under bankruptcy, to the tune of about $35 billion. And um, I think that what I want to know is how well have they managed this downward turn, and are there some really great companies that have managed this storm well? Um, uh, and have been able to maximize on the downward turn. Yeah, I think what you're saying is how have companies managed to navigate their way through this storm? Yeah, well, it's, you know, of course, it it varies from company to company. I mean, you know, we we talk about the upstream business. We've even had one uh, service provider in the Gulf uh, or the offshore province that uh, has uh, just declared bankruptcy for the second time uh, in the last uh, year now, uh, wow. last week. And so it's impacting the service industry uh, almost as much as the upstream industry. Um, but the upstream segment, you know, uh, by and large, it's depended a lot and uh, how well you've gotten through this downturn has, has depended on on um, how, how much debt you had acquired during the boom times. Uh, you know, companies that had grown through the drill bit uh, rather than through acquisitions um, have tended to do better. So you've seen companies like Pioneer Resources and EOG come through it just fine um, and have avoided having to file for Chapter 11, whereas other companies that were more highly leveraged are really the companies that have have ended up uh, in the reorganization uh, issues. And uh, you know, um, when you have a price uh, drop as rapid and dramatic as as the one that took place from uh, really starting in about August of 2014, you know, when, when you go from $100 to $40 in the span of six months, it's going to catch a lot of people up in, in real severe financial problems, and that's what we've seen. Um, it's been very similar to... The problems that we, you know, the shakeout that we had in the industry in the 1980s as well in that regard. 
Well, I think also, you know, we some of the energy experts that are focusing more on the accounting side of how these oil and gas companies are navigating through this tough time um, are, are, are having, um, you know, differences of saying that they kind of believe that the way to navigate through this is going to be through a lot more mergers and acquisitions we'll see within the next, you know, two to three years. And so the way that they're doing things, um, I think they're recognizing that they're going to have to change the way that they thought that they were going to be able to do things into a different way in lieu of uh, the prices and the volatility in the oil prices and um, and just take a different approach and maybe utilizing some of the modern technologies like big data and stuff like that as opposed to buying companies. Maybe they're taking smaller bites of the apple instead of really trying to acquire a big, you know, humongous company, maybe they'll just take on half of, of a company. Do you um, feel that that's probably a good analysis of what we'll see happening in the in the near future with some of these oil companies in the maybe two to five year range that these companies are going to start looking at things differently of how they play the game? Yeah, it, it does seem likely that there will be a, a lot more of that kind of M&A activity uh, the, the companies with a lot of cash on hand, the majors like Exxon and Chevron, you know, I'm sure have been kind of sitting on the sidelines over the last couple of years, you know, waiting for the shakeout, um, you know, not wanting to acquire entire companies that are very highly leveraged and, and you know, uh, waiting until uh, those companies have, have gone through their reorganizations and reorganize their debt and, uh, that way, you you know, you can acquire you know, the assets of those companies much more cheaply, and so uh, I think it's probably a good good guess that uh, there will be uh, a pretty significant uptick in in terms of asset acquisitions over the next several years. Not just you know, it won't just be by uh, oil and gas companies, but private equity is going to come into to play even more than it has. Uh, in the next few years because there's a lot of that private equity uh, funds that have been sitting on the sidelines as well. Well, David, that's that's super information. We do need to take a break. When we come back, I do want to talk, David, about cycles in this industry and how many you've been through and where you think we're going from here. But first, let's take a break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey with Kim Bellotto and our guest today, David Blackman. We'll be right back. Good news, Texas. Barra Solutions has arrived on the oil and gas scene with the ability to increase production with zero capital cost to the producer and zero cost to the environment. With the right conditions, Barra will help your stagnant oil well produce again, with some wells ramping back up to 50% of their original production output. As EOR expert Randy Crow says, this is huge and this is very, very real. For more information, call 316-858-0946. Again, that's 316 316- 858-0946 or email Randy Crow directly at randy at rstarconsult.com That's randy at rstarconsult.com Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us. 
210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. I'm Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and our guest today, David Blackman. David, when we left, we were kind of uh, talking about reorganizations and some of the different things going on in the industry right now and some of the strong companies and some of the weak companies. And I want to stop for a second and kind of be the optimist. And how many of these cycles have you been through? Well, it depends on how you count them, but, uh, you know, this is at least uh, the fourth major um, uh, bust and boom cycle that, that I've been through in 37 years. Um, and then there have been, you know, a couple of smaller ones thrown in there as well. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's something you get used to if you're going to have a career in the oil and gas industry. Where do we go from here? You, I mean, this is the fourth one you've seen. What's coming? Well, that's an that's interesting question. I, w- I wish I knew for sure. I, I think that, uh, you know, the good news is we're, we're seeing some signs that um, that we may be at least getting to a tipping point in this process. We, You know, we've had the price, which uh, went all the way down to the $27 range in February, uh, now rebound up to $50. Uh, you know, which is which is really nice uh, uptick, uh, although it's still not where it needs to be for most companies to really be able to start drilling in earnest again. Um, but the other piece of good news that, uh, at least potential good news, we saw last week was the Saudi Arabia's new oil minister. Uh, in an interview he conducted, I think, with Bloomberg, talking about his belief that the oil markets globally have now rebalanced. And, uh, and we've seen other evidence that that's the case. You know, we've seen uh, the declining uh, inventory reports here in the U.S. and in other parts of the world. So that seems to indicate that probably, you, you know, that uh, that global demand is now at least uh, balanced and maybe even slightly exceeding global supply at the moment. And uh, if that's the case and if that continues, you know, we can expect prices to continue to increase over the rest of the year. But global production has been stifled in in the last year and a half. What's to keep Iran from flooding the market or or some of the South American countries from – from from opening the spigots again and putting us right back where we were. You know, there's there's a lot of variables at play here. Uh, Iran, which you know everybody was afraid was going to flood the market with a half a million barrels a day, really has not been able to to ramp up their exports at nearly the pace that uh, people feared they would be able to. And uh, you know, there's a lot of technical reasons for that, and uh, it, it doesn't appear they're going to be able to really significantly ramp up any more than they already have over the rest of this year. Uh, you've had the situation in Nigeria where the civil war that continues to go on over there uh, has really significantly disrupted supply in that country. Several hundred thousand barrels a day have gone offline uh, due to those conflicts. Uh, there's been a couple hundred thousand barrels a day taken offline in Libya for similar reasons. Um, you know, and so you've had these supply disruptions that have played a, a role in that. But at the same time, you know, we have now since July of last year in the United States, our domestic production has decreased by 700,000 barrels a day due to all the rigs that have been deactivated and the lack of drilling. Um, 
and global demand continues to increase at about a million and a half barrels a day uh, per year, uh, you know, on an annual basis. So, so while you you know you've had these supply disruptions that have played a role in this, the reality is that demand continues to increase, and um, and that's there's no real reason to believe that won't continue to be the case for many years to come. And, um, you know, with OPEC kind of agreeing to a stable production levels at their current production rates, um, you know, which hopefully most of those companies will adhere to, their countries will adhere to, um, you know, it's you can see the reasons why inventories are beginning to, to start to fall now. Now, again, hopefully that will continue and the price will, the price will continue to firm up over the rest of the year. But, you know, if we all knew what was going to happen, we'd all be retired and rich somewhere, you know. I, but, yes. You know, but, but a year ago, you know, the thing, I think the last thing to say about that, and then I'll shut up, is that a year ago, we didn't have any signs like that in existence at that time. A year ago, the situation was simply that the price was going to continue to fall. So at least things have changed uh, year over year to where we have some reasons for optimism. That is true. And so, David, we're going to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to get back on the topic of OPEC. We'll be right back within the Oil Patch Radio Show. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and our guest today is energy expert David Blackman. And David, before the break, we were uh, discussing a little bit about world oil, OPEC, and uh, Saudi Arabia, and other countries that have been uh, producers as well as uh, as us. And so my question that I'm curious about is, you know, they've met uh, OPEC uh, back in April, and then they just recently met last week. And um, they are giving us some pretty good signs, as you said earlier. But where are we with uh, OPEC as far as will they continue? Do you see that area continuing to stay consistent? And if so, what are they doing that's consistent in the way of drilling? And then also to add that uh, to add to that is is OPEC still continue is bleh, is OPEC still the swing producer or is that now the United States? What are your thoughts? Okay. Um- well, to answer that last question first, you know, the situation has changed to where now the United States is really the swing producer uh, globally, uh, at least given the current situation. And the current situation with OPEC is that, you know, they have uh, two years ago began to very rapidly increase production, especially in Saudi Arabia. They intentionally created a global glut in oil in order to negatively impact the U.S. shale industry, which they believed was taking market share away from them uh, with all the drilling 1,800 active rigs we had going on at that time. So the United States was rapidly increasing production, and the Saudis felt like it was coming out of their market share. So they created the glut, 
by rapidly increasing oil production by over a million barrels a day just in Saudi Arabia alone. Um, and they've maintained the growth throughout last year and into this year and, and with the ex- express purpose of trying to diminish U.S. production. And, and early this year, the OPEC countries agreed to stop at least increasing production. They agreed to cap each country's production at its current levels at that time or its current capacity to produce. Um, and apparently, uh, you know, at least most of them have adhered to that cap since then. It's only been a few months, but during that period of time, production from those companies has not at least visibly continued to increase. And so the situation we have here now is a, a prospect where now the price of oil has gotten to $50 a barrel and hopefully will continue to rise until at some point you'll see United States producers begin to activate more drilling rigs. In fact, just last week we saw the rig count go up uh, just nine rigs, but it was the first increase in the U.S. rig count we've had in quite some time. So the question is going to become is at this price level and slightly higher, is that high enough for U.S. companies to significantly increase the number of active drilling rigs and start increasing overall U.S. production again? And if that happens, then how are the Saudis going to respond? Are they going to respond by saying, oops, we don't want you guys doing that. We're going to open the spigots again so that the price falls back down, at which point U.S. companies would deactivate rigs again because you can't afford to drill at lower prices than this. But can the Saudis afford to do that any more than we can? Sure. Well, you know, well, I say sure. I shouldn't say sure. That's actually an open question. You know, the Saudis do have a very sizable sovereign wealth fund that when all this began was somewhere in the range of $800 billion. Now, they've gone through 30 to 40 percent of that already because uh, the Saudi government funds a gigantic social welfare state in that country that, you know, requires a $100 a barrel oil price to sustain, to pay for it. Well, after two years of 30 40 50 dollar a barrel oil they've gone through a very large portion of their own sovereign wealth fund to the extent that they've felt the need you know over the last six months or so to go onto the global debt markets and acquire debt in order to help finance and fund that social welfare state so while the saudi royal family remains fabulously wealthy there are some real question how long they can and will be willing to try to maintain this strategy. But, you know, us sitting here today and really nobody knows what the answer to that question is other than the Saudi royal family, and and they're not telling. So we'll just have to wait and see how that shakes out. Well, you know, they have had some major changes. Their longtime oil prime minister was replaced uh, by Saudi Aramco. And so that being said, it's kind of showing that they are trying to do things, in my opinion, differently than the way they have been doing it. And maybe it hasn't worked out so well. But the question that I have in my mind is, 
how does that affect the U.S. producers in the sense of being the swing producer? So well, it, it, yeah, that's a great question. You know, well, I mean, one potentially positive sign is that their new oil minister is a uh, good old Texas Aggie. So, uh, you know, he, he's a graduate of uh, Texas A&M's engineering school, and, and uh, he understands the United States, and, and so that at least can be taken as a positive. Um but how it affects the U.S. producers, you know, is just going to, by and large, depend on uh, how willing and and for how long a term the the, the, the royal family is going to be willing to uh, continue to try to protect or grab more market share uh, in the global market. Um, and, you know, I mean, anyone's guess is as good as mine on that question. I, I just don't think anyone knows. Only time will tell. David, that's a great conversation on OPEC. We have to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back with In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute, and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me. A Bailey at KaligAuto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, Auto, A U T O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Amerijet is your full service multimodal transportation and logistics provider offering domestic and international scheduled all cargo transport via land, sea, and air. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide, providing global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Our 40 plus years of experience in the energy industry will help drive your excellent performance. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. From oversized hazardous materials, which include oil and lubricants and heavy weight cargo, to your chosen destination. For on-time delivery, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 844-651-7956. Once again, that's 844-651-7956. Or visit us at Amerijet.com. And we're back within the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman. And, you know, Alvin, before the break, we were, um, and David, before the break, we were having a discussion on OPEC and, um, you know, what they're going through with the downward turn and the swing producing, uh, they were the swing producing country, and now it appears as though the United States is the swing producer. Tell me about what this means for the United States being the swing producer. Is this a uh, position that puts us in a more powerful 
place uh, or is this just more symbolic of we control turning on and off well, the spigots? It potentially, yeah, potentially could put us in a more powerful position in the United States. For for the last 50 years or so, the, Saudi, the Saudis have been the swing producer globally because they were the country with the largest amount of excess producing capacity that they could put on or pull off of the market at will. Okay, so if, if, if prices went down too low, the Saudis had been in the past willing to cut production in order to raise prices. Uh, and if they went higher than, than demand was comfortable with globally, they could increase production very rapidly and cause the price to fall. Well, now with the Saudis saying they are no longer willing to be the swing producer, and there's actually some question how much excess capacity they really still have at this point, uh, producing over 10 million barrels a day. Um, it puts the United States in the position now of really being the swing producer, not involuntarily, didn't really want to be, but here we are. And so as long as the Saudis hold to this uh, commitment not to dramatically increase or lower production and, and take to retake that swing producer role, then it's going to be the United States and driven by by the global price of whatever it does. Whether you know, it'll be up to the United States, as we've seen over the last year. We've we've decreased domestic production 700,000 barrels of oil a day, and the price has responded now back up to fifty dollars. Well, if the if U.S. producers decide collectively, you know, in, in their own business situations, to reactivate a bunch of rigs and cause the U.S. production to rise significantly, that's likely going to cause the price to go back down, and then it'll be probably the United States deactivating drilling rigs and causing its own production to go back down again, and. Uh, so that's really the definition of the swing producer, and that's that key country with a big amount of excess capacity like we have in these shale plays in the United States that can ramp up or ramp down its its own country's production uh, in pretty short order. Well, David, let's switch gears for a second. We're going to run out of time, and I, I want to cover this, but you know, the, the U.S. Is, is almost strangled with EPA regulations, and you know, I'm a big believer in let's be good stewards of our environment. Let's do things responsibly and let's not pollute any more than we absolutely have to in order to survive. But let's talk about the EPA and, and you know, air emission obtainment and, and some of the strangleholds that the government's put on the industry. Yeah, um, well, and I agree with you. I mean, I think a, an awful lot of, of what has happened under these uh, laws like the Clean Air Act and Clean Water Act, Safe Drinking Water Act over the last 40 years has been tremendous benefit to our society. So I'm not against uh, uh, climate regulations just as a general rule, but uh, the things that this EPA has done over the last two years um, uh, related to the ozone, the new ozone rule and some of the methane regulations they're putting out is just is just going to strangle the economy. Uh, you, know, you mentioned ozone. That's going to be, a, you know, it had a major impact on the city of Houston uh, in the early years of this century, uh, and, and it cost the city billions and billions of dollars to work itself out of non-attainment situation uh, at, at the previous 
uh, ozone uh, requirements. And now the city of San Antonio, if the new requirement that EPA announced in October goes into effect, city of San Antonio is going to be going through the same sort of process to try to bring itself into attainment. And uh, that's going to mean restrictions on emissions from cars, from industrial facilities, from dry cleaners, from restaurants, from any business you can imagine that that has any sort of an exhaust uh, coming out of it. And uh, that's a cost uh, for each of those businesses. It's going to be a cost for the San Antonio economy in terms of jobs uh, and, and therefore in terms of, of economic output. And uh, if you don't come into attainment uh, on, on the time period EPA requires you to, what the federal government does to you is start strangling your economy by denying you highway funds and education funds and some of the other funds that uh, come in from the federal government into cities through various programs. Well, I do know one thing in closing that we have heard from, um, you know, both candidates and we're going to have to go to the polls in November. But one thing that, um, you know, if Hillary is the Democratic candidate, um, which I believe she will be, has basically said that she is um, definitely uh, going to follow the Obama um, administration. And so, uh, you know, we need to think about these things when we go to the polls, because this is this EPA ruling will have an impact on all of us in our pocketbooks, whether you're in the oil and gas industry or not. And so, David Blackman, thank you so much for being our guest today on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We look forward to having you back on to talk a little bit about politics and thank oil you. and gas and everything in between. Thank you, David. Thank you all for having me. Kim, you, what, what a great guest, David Blackman. I mean, the guy's he's brilliant. He's an energy genius. Guru. He's the energy. Guru. That's what we ought to call him, the energy guru. <laughs> I and, agree. You know, I, I really wish we had three or four hours just to sit there and pick his brain because the guy knows so much about every aspect of the industry that it's it, it boggles my mind. Hey, luckily we get him on the show anytime we want. So I'm well, pretty we sure we can often. do that. <laughs> yes, exactly. But right now we are running out of time. So let's get to trivia, Kim. That's right, Alvin. Today's trivia question. On today's show, David Blackman discussed which country is the new global swing producer? So what is the name of the country? Please email your response to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And remember that the first correct email wins a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. That's right. Get your emails in now. Do it now or you're going to forget. It's radio at shalemag.com. And Kim, we got to go. But in the meantime, folks, be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash in the oil patch radio show. And also on Twitter at shalemag. Kim, it's another one in the books. And you know what? We got to go. So long. Adios. In the oil patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.